0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with showing hospitality as we pick up in Job chapter 31, verse 16. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Now, after he left, my dad went to the sheriff and he said, you know, we've had an interesting house guest for the last couple of weeks. He said, he's told us some very fascinating stories. He said, the thing I want to know, though, is how did he get out of jail? And the sheriff told my dad, he says, Mr. Smith, he said, that was a mistake. He said, we weren't supposed to release that man. He said, we had picked him up on a vagrancy charge in Oxnard. We were holding him here. But he said, on our cards, when we have a prisoner and there's a hold on them because of their being wanted in other places, he said, we always type up at the top of the card a red hold. He said, we had a new trustee typing cards. And so he thought that it didn't look neat to have that hold up in the right-hand corner, so he typed it down in the bottom of the card. And so he said, that Sunday morning as they were going through the cards, they came across Jimmy Reynolds and found that we had held him as long as we legally could without filing charges. And we really didn't have any charges to file. But we were holding him because of his prison escapes from Oklahoma State Prison and several federal penitentiaries. And he said, we were supposed to be holding him to extradite him back there. But he said, in going through the cards that morning, they just came to his card, saw that his time was up uh, as far as what we could legally hold him, and they didn't pull the card all the way out. And so that Sunday morning, they called Jimmy Reynolds. He said, yep. They said, you're free. And he says, I'm what? (laughs) And they said, you're free. And he says, "Mr. Smith," he said, "I've broken a lot of jails in the country, but he said this is the first time I've ever had one like this." You know, <laughs> hospitality. Now, that wasn't an angel unaware in that particular case. <laughs> oh, some of the things that happened when I was a kid. <laughs> Oh, my. I could tell you some interesting stories about George the Tramp, but that'll have to wait till another time. (laughs) Oh, Oh, but my dad was quite a guy. He said, I've not allowed my mouth to sin by wishing a curse to another man's soul. Verse 30. If the men of my tent said not, Oh, that we had his flesh, we cannot be satisfied. The stranger did not lodge in the street, but I opened my doors to the travelers. If I cover my transgression as Adam. Interesting he refers to Adam, isn't it? Evidently, the stories of Adam were widely circulated even by the time of Job, even though the book of Job perhaps precedes in writing the book of Genesis, that is, that it was written before, yet he is aware of Adam's attempt to cover his sin by sowing the fig leaves, by hiding my bosom in my iniquity. Did I fear a great multitude, or did the contempt of families terrify me that I kept silence and went not out of the door? So... Surely I would take upon my shoulder And bind it as a crown unto me He said I would declare unto him The number of my steps as a prince I would, not, I would go near unto him If my land cry against me Or that the furrows likewise thereof complain If I have eaten the fruit thereof without money Or have caused the owners thereof to lose their life Let thistles grow instead of wheat And the cockle instead of barley The words are Job And I've had it, that's it, you know I'm innocent And the final declaration of his innocence before his friends. So, sitting by was a young man whose name was Elihu. Elihu. So these three men, Bildad, Zophar, and Eliphaz, ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then was kindled the wrath of Elihu against Job, and his wrath was kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Now, Job, in all of his complaints, was saying, I am just in this. I am innocent. And he was justifying himself rather than God. Now, we oftentimes do this. It is important, though, that we justify God. I know that God is good. I know that God is righteous. I know that God is fair. I don't understand why God is doing this. You see, Job did not justify God in the issues by declaring, well, God is fair. He was actually saying, God is unfair. He's unfair to me because I haven't done anything to deserve all of this. So Elohu, standing by, really became angry with Job because he sought to justify himself rather than to justify God. And he was also angry with Job's friends because they could not answer Job. They couldn't really pin anything on him, and yet they were condemning him without being able to pin anything directly on him. So he waited till Job had spoken because they were older than he was. And when he saw that they were not answering, his wrath was kindled. And he said, I am young, and you're very old. Wherefore, I was afraid, and I dared not to show you my own opinion. I said, days should speak, and the multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. And great men are not always wise Neither do the aged understand judgment So far, you're batting a thousand (laughs) Elohu He's made some interesting observations There is a spirit in man And the inspiration of the Almighty Gives them understanding He could see the anointing of God upon a man to give to the man wisdom and understanding. But great men are not always wise. (laughs) Now, you don't have to go very far to illustrate that truth. (laughs) And neither do the aged always understand judgment. Therefore, I said, hearken to me. I'm going to show you my opinion." And he, he, he spends a lot of time just telling us what he's going to say. He doesn't really say too much, but he spends a lot of time telling you what he's going to say. Hearken to my opinion. Behold, I waited for your words to give ear to your reasons while you searched out what to say. Yes, I attended unto you, and behold, there was none of you that convinced Job or that answered his words, lest you should say, We have found out wisdom. God thrust him down, not man. Now he hath not directed his words against me, and neither will I answer him with your speeches. They were amazed, and they answered no more. They left off speaking when I awaited, waited, for they spake not, but stood still and answered no more. I said, I will answer also my part. I will show you my opinion, for I am full of the matter, and the spirit within me is forcing me. Behold, my belly is as wine, which has no vent. It's ready to burst like new bottles." I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Neither let me give flattering titles unto man. For I know not to give flattering titles. In so doing, my maker would soon take me away. Oh, I like this. God help me not to give flattering titles unto man. I heard flattering titles for so many years. I'm absolutely sick of flattering titles. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present unto you God's man for the hour, you know. (laughs) And all of these flattering things that we say concerning man. He said, hey, I respect you fellas age but I I don't respect man as such as far as bowing and catering and giving flattering titles and buttering up people trying to butter them up with flattering titles. If I'm guilty of this then God's going to take me away. Take my place away. My heart Has been sickened by the way we have sought to elevate men even in the Christian community by flattering titles declaring the greatness of their works and all God help us wherefore Job he said I pray thee now hear my speech hearken to all my words Behold, I've opened my mouth. My tongue has spoken in my mouth. My words shall be of uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. If you can answer me, set your words in order before me. Stand up. Behold, I am according to your wish in God's head. No, oh my, he's going now a little far. <laughs> Job was saying earlier, oh, that there was someone between us, you know, that could lay his hand up. Now, I'm what you wished for. I'm standing here in God's stead. uh, uh, Elohu, you're getting carried away. (laughs) So I, I depart from him at this point. I also am formed out of the clay. Behold, my terror shall not make thee afraid, neither shall my hand be heavy upon thee. Surely you have spoken in my hearing. I've heard the voice of your words saying... And now he's quoting Job. I've heard you say, I am clean, without transgression. I am innocent. Neither is there any iniquity in me. And he heard Job say concerning God, Behold, he finds occasions against me. He counts me for his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks. He marks all my paths. Behold, in this, Job, you are not just. I will answer thee that God is greater than man. Why do you strive against him? For he gives not account of any of his matters. God doesn't owe you any apologies. God doesn't owe you any explanations. Paul said concerning God that he is as a potter and we are as the clay. And what right has the clay to say to the potter, why have you made me like this? Why did you put that wrinkle in me? I have no right to challenge God. As a lump of clay, the potter has sovereignty over my life. He can make of me whatever he wants to make of me. He can do with me whatever he wants to do with me. He can make me a vessel of honor, a vessel of dishonor. He can make me a drinking cup or a garbage pail. He has absolute power over my life. And he doesn't owe me explanations, though I'm oftentimes demanding explanations from him. God, what did you do this for? Lord, why did you allow that to happen? I'm demanding that God give me an explanation. God give me a reason. He doesn't really owe me any explanations. He can do whatever he wants without having to explain to me. Now, we sing farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. And we'll talk it over in the by and by. We'll talk it over, my Lord and I. I'll ask the reasons, he'll tell me why when we talk it over in the by and by. Do you think I'm gonna sit down in heaven and say, now, Lord, do you remember back in 1980, that weird thing that, happened? now, why did you do that, Lord? no way. When I get there, I'm going to be so glad just to be there and so excited to get it on with whatever God's got in store. I'm not going to be challenging God or asking God for the reasons why things happen to me here on the earth. At that point, I can care less. Just glad to be there and to enter into the the excitement and the thrills and the joys of his eternal kingdom. So, there are some people that may want to get to heaven and sit down and get all the explanations for life and, and all. Not me. I have no desire to waste my time in heaven with that kind of stuff. Just glad to be out of this mess. And I'll just with the Lord and there in his presence and in his kingdom. So, he declares, For God has spoken once, yes, twice, yet man did not perceive it. In a dream and in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men in slumberings on the bed, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Now, God speaks. Once, he speaks twice. How does God speak? He speaks sometimes through dreams. He speaks sometimes through visions. God can speak in various ways to people. I think, though, that our hearts need to be open to hear the voice of God. I believe that God is speaking and does speak quite often, and we just don't understand that it is God speaking. We don't understand his voice. We're looking for some uh, echo chamber type of voice. Charles! Oh, God, you know. (laughs) You know, expecting things to just reverberate. But God speaks in such beautiful, natural ways that we're not always aware that it is God speaking. God can speak to us through dreams. He can speak to us through visions. He can speak to us through angels. He can speak to us through his word. He can speak to us through a friend. God can speak to us in many different ways, and you can't really limit the ways by which God speaks to a man. Elijah said there was a fire. God wasn't in a fire. There was a horrible wind. God wasn't in the wind. There was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there came a still small voice, and God was in the still small voice. Now, that was that particular experience, but God can speak and did speak to Moses through the fire. God spoke to the jailer through an earthquake. God can speak in different ways. The fact is, God is speaking. Am I listening? Am I tuned in? Would you believe me if I told you that in this room tonight there are all kinds of pictures and all kinds of voices? There's beautiful symphonic music in this room right now. And there's hard rock. And there's all kinds of sounds in this room right now. Now, if you had a little radio and you would tune it, you could pick up all of the music that's floating through the air just by turning your tuner tuning in you could see all of the pictures that are floating through the air hear the voices but you've got to be tuned into them even so God is speaking but we're not always tuned in to the voice of God it takes really I think a a definite act of our own will of saying, Lord, speak to me, show me, and then waiting to allow God to speak to us, listening to what the Lord might have to say. And I think that our, our mistake is that we're not asking God direct questions and thus we're not getting direct answers. We're not listening enough to hear God speak to us. God has spoken once. God has spoken twice. He speaks in visions. He opens the ears. He turns us from our purposes in order that He might keep us back from the pit. He is chastened also with pain upon His bed that is man and the multitude of his bones with strong pain so that his life abhors bread and his soul dainty meat his flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen and his bones that they were not they stick out so he's sort of describing job's condition man you you know you you're in pain and your bones are sticking out and your health is taken away and all god's trying to speak to you job if there be a messenger with him an interpreter one among a thousand to show man his uprightness Then he is gracious unto him, and he says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray unto God, and he will be favorable unto him, and he shall see his face with joy, and he'll render unto man his righteousness. He looks upon men, and if any say, I've sinned and perverted that which was right, and it profiteth me not, he will deliver his soul. If you'll confess, he is saying, He'll deliver your soul from the pit And your life shall see the light Lo, these things God works oftentimes with man To bring back his soul from the pit To be enlightened with the light of the living Mark well, O Job, hearken unto me Hold thy peace and I'm going to speak And if you have anything to say, then answer Speak, for I desire to justify thee If not, then listen to me Hold your peace and I'm going to teach you wisdom So this young kid's telling now Job, just, if you've got anything to say, sip And if not, then just let me talk on Because I'm going to teach you a few things here Now, what he is saying is is basically pretty sound, and that is that God oftentimes uses chastisement to turn us away from the pit. You know, as a child of God, you're in a a, a very good position because God's not going to let you get away with evil. Now, everyone around you may get away with it. That's because they are not children of God because He's your Father and He's watching over you. He's not going to let you get by with perversity, with crookedness. And God uses chastisement to keep His children out of the pit. We'll
0: return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 31 through 33 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org.
1: you live after the Spirit, walk after the Spirit, follow after the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. For I speak to you in the name of the Lord. If you are living and walking after the flesh and indulging in the areas and the things of the flesh, God will bring you into judgment. It will destroy you. You need to walk after the Spirit and make God guide and help you in Jesus' name.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you
1: ever thought about this simple phrase, God loves you? This just might be the most important truth you could ever grasp, that God has called you into a loving relationship with himself. Unfortunately, many of us have been brought up to think that we need to earn God's love. In Chuck Smith's book, Why Grace Changes Everything, Pastor Chuck imparts years of wisdom from his own experiences, how he thought he had to work hard and deny his own desires for God to love him. But when he unlocked the secret to God's grace, this changed everything. Come alongside Pastor Chuck to discover an astonishing truth about your relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's not based upon your works, but based upon God's love for you. It's true. Grace changes everything. To find out more and to read a preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Why Grace Changes Everything by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-9673.